A little friendly banter between Hoffman and our colleague Linnell Willingham, who's having quite a week here on the air uh, between 1067 The Fan and Team 980. And the loss of Lefty Drizel will never stop being amplified between these stations. And we'd like to go and rewind in a conversation I had Saturday upon getting the news about the loss of Lefty. I had a conversation with the voice of Terrapin Sports, the legendary Johnny Holiday. We celebrate the life of Lefty Drizel, the coach who uh, has gone on to a much bigger tournament at age 92. You know, a lot of people, To if you never met Lefty, I'm sure by the next week at this station, at both stations, 1067 The Fan and Team 980, you're going to really regret the fact that you never got a chance to lay eyes on him, to meet him. And him at with a microphone, Phone was a treat. A lot of great coaches all have their own personality, demeanors, whether it's Big John, Coach K, Bobby Knight. Everybody had their thing and their way. And we've been blessed here because we've had so many outstanding uh, hoop coaches. This guy's different. And the stories that you hear throughout the day here, the week here on our respective stations, we have so many people that have relationships with these coaches. And Coach Naki, if you heard him with AWOD, the game I went to, I remember vividly, is, is being courtside. Coach Nock and Coach Drizel coaching across one another. And just and I've talked to Coach Nock about that numerous times. And listening to him this morning, being at coaching meetings and clinics with him, just amazing. And then there's the Hall of Fa- Hall of Famer, Johnny Holiday, who a living legend in his own right. And we're man, the story that Drizel hit Kevin with up in the ante up to a grand. All I could think of was Holiday. That may have surpassed you. I swear to goodness, had you heard that story? Here we go. Here we go. Had you heard the story? No, I no. Tell tell me the story. Okay, so Kevin booked you know him and 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 Tommy. They were doing the uh, the gig downtown where they greet. They were doing interviews with with legends, and so they booked Lefty. And of course, whatever the fee was, they had to double or triple it for Lefty, and they raised the money, a couple grand. So then he calls, he comes up, and right before he's supposed to be up there, he calls him, he's down in the lobby, and he said, Kevin, he said, I'm going to need another grand, you know, to make this happen. So you can imagine Sheehan at that point. I mean, the audience is there. There's the palm. I, I think it was a palm. I've probably blown it. But they're at a beautiful steakhouse downtown, and Sheehan's about to explode in his pants, and Lefty said, just kidding you. I'm on the escalator coming up right now. And I said, that's a that's a holiday move if I ever to get another grand and he's outside the door. But I seriously. Gotta, I got to put that one in my back pocket. I like that. 
That's a good one. No, I, I've never thought of that one. That is a good one. But yeah. isn't that yeah. the guy, all the guys that you've met in all the various industries that you are have been privy to in several Hall of Fames, how do you describe him? Uh, probably John Wayne-like, number one. Yeah. yeah. And Bigger Than Life, number yeah. two. The thing that really got me about Lefty, when I first started doing the game stock in 1979, and Lefty was coaching, and I was told that uh, he has to do his pregame interview the day before the game. And I'm thinking, why would he want to do it the day before the game? I had done GW when Bob Callett was the coach. I just sat down with Bob Callett, Coach Callett, before the game, and I thought that was pretty easy. Brian Brian Maggot was my analyst at that time, doing GW on radio. So now I'm doing Maryland. I'm working for the big guy, Lefty Durzell. And about seven or eight games into the season, we're on the road, and I said to him, and everybody was was afraid to approach him. They said, well, this is the way it's always been. He's always done it the day before. So we're on a two game road trip and I said hey coach is it possible we could just do it before the game you know tomorrow night or Thursday night whatever the day was and he said does that work for you I said yeah yeah so we knocked it out and from that point on I did the interview the day of the game Every single, but the funniest thing, Doc, was we had a headset back in the locker room. Unlike Gary, you know, Gary used to come out. Mark Turgeon would come out and talk to us, and the current coach comes out. Willard comes out and talks to us. But Lefty had a headset and a microphone back in the locker room, but there was nobody to tell him when it was on. So a lot of times he put the headset on right in the middle of me talking or doing a commercial or doing stats or Greg Manning and I are talking back and Johnny, Johnny, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, coach, we got you. All right. All right. Just want to I mean, no. he was, and another, another vivid memory I have when I went out to his press conference, when he announced that he was walking away from Maryland basketball was being, reassigned, which is the biggest joke in the world, as an assistant athletic director. And I went out there, the sad vision of him walking out of Coalfield House with his wife and kids on arm in arm. Then I went back to his house, and we sat down, and we did a long, long interview. And it was one of the most emotional interviews I've ever done and I basically was, I don't know how I, I, I was, I don't know how I kept from crying the entire time. When I spoke to him about six weeks ago, about coming up for a celebration, they were going to honor the, the team and have him here. And he said, I can't, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it because my legs are bad and having trouble with my back and so forth. <clears throat> that got to me a little bit. And then two weeks ago, we had Albert King on the coach's radio show. And Albert said, I got to give you a message from Lefty. I just talked to coach today, and the last thing he said to me, tell Johnny Holiday I love him. 
Oh. Yeah. That, that so was pretty strong. Pretty strong. Yeah, it is. And that's what I was trying to say to Kevin. It's a celebration of his life. He 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 touched so many of us oh, in a he, way he, he, that he was amazing. He'd be yeah, mad. just amazing, Doc. Yeah, if we didn't do it and with laughs, he'd come to hand and try to kick our behind. You know, how else would it be for us if we don't laugh? <laughs> you know, and it's like Big John, and I love the way those two hid their relationship. Yeah, yeah, you're right. At his press conference one day, I'll never forget this, in the early days, probably 1980, 81, 82, Feinstein was covering the team for the Washington Post. And he would not start his press conference unless John was there. He'd be up there with a microphone in front. Is Feinstein here? <laughs> Where's, Fe- Where's Feinstein? <laughs> and John would walk in. Now we can start the conference because Feinstein's here. And they had, a, they had a delightful relationship, too. But that was a classic. That was a classic. Yeah, I can't wait to hear to hear John, his response. And it, it sounds like a million years ago with all the rules before they changed it in the ACC and yeah. all the great teams, woulda, shoulda, coulda, what might have happened. And yet it never denied him and how long it took him to be inducted yeah. into the Hall of Fame. I mean, that that – Starting to think about a travesty. Doc, it was it was a crime. It was a crime for him not to get in many, many years ago. And then when he when he finally got in, didn't you love his acceptance speech? <laughs> oh classic. It, it, it was it reminded you of the Jim Valvano thing where the red light's yeah. going on and Jim says, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm battling cancer. You want me yeah. to get I'm taking my time. Two okay? in my body, yeah, exactly. And Lefty did exactly this. I'm eighty something years old. You're telling me to wrap it up. I thought that was a classic. Yep, eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah, eighty six at the time. Yeah. Well look I mean also the midnight mile thing, I mean the midnight madness thing where October fifteenth, I think, and he seller he said, I did it on your birthday, which is my birthday, October fifteenth. And he had his first uh you know, Midnight Madness thing back in 1971 that everybody picked up on it after that. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do Midnight Madness. And then the, the winning the ACC championship. How ironic, Doc, it is today that at this game this afternoon against Illinois, we are honoring the 1984 ACC championship team from the tournament and also Gary's 2004 ACC tournament champions. A lot of the guys are coming back. Chuck Drizel was expected to be there. Certainly, he will not. But uh, Buck Williams and 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 it's just you just name the guys that are on the on those teams are all coming back today. And how it's gonna it's gonna be a very interesting atmosphere at that ball game this afternoon with people memories of of Lefty and it'll be totally different than any game I've probably ever done. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Oh yeah, it's gonna be tough. Oh yeah, but it's tough. In a great way, he earned that. Um, I can't wait. And I, and I know that uh, Coach McAdams, he, he shared stories like John shared, shared shared stories that not a lot of people knew about. And John would always talk about Coach Thompson about how he learned the marketing game from Lefty. Sure. Lefty was playing – I mean, to do that massive marketing skills – 
he had game. I mean, Watt picked from where he's at from Carolina and his upbringing to, to make the claim he made at the time about turning Maryland into the UCLA of the East. Dude, that was bold. That was bold. And now UCLA wants to make them the Maryland of the West. Yeah. How about when they met this year? I couldn't believe it. Neither one of them could hit a bar. They couldn't hit a bullseye. They had a bazooka. And uh, but, but the one thing I got to say, they both play D. I think you can tell that they're in a good direction because anytime you can still get your kids to buy in to play defense, when you can't hit a barn side of a bar, you couldn't hit put a, a brick in a pool. But yet, they keep playing their butts off. I can't quit on them. Can't quit yeah. on them. No, well, I'm interested. I, I read some of these websites and social media postings, which make me laugh a little bit and smile a little bit and shake my head because people don't know, except in, in, unless you're inside that locker room, in, inside the program, you have no idea what these kids go through. There's so much pressure on them today, much more than when you were playing or I was playing. Oh, yeah. With the NIL stuff and the transfer. I mean, it's just, it's not even remotely close to what it was when Coach, when Lefty was coaching, or even even Gary for a couple of years ago was coaching, and, and Mark Turgeon, the same thing. And look at the guys that the atmosphere today that's driven them out of the business the Jay Wrights and the Shashevskys and the Roy Williams, and the list goes on and on. Uh, look at our guy UCLA. Who leaves as a head coach to be a coordinator? Yeah, to go back to Ohio State. Yeah, but a, a young man that that played for him is comfort. Man, oh, just sure. give me a blackboard and let me draw circles. Oh, I don't yeah. want to care. I don't want to check bid check. I don't want to give a damn about reports. I don't care if you miss study hall. So you can see that right now we need some adults to really step up. Look, I know you got a lot to talk about today, my brother. Love you. Thank you for uh, sharing your intimacy with a guy that we all loved and adored. And um, go Terps, and we'll uh, we'll we'll catch up. We'll circle the wagons and tap our glasses for the left-hander. Anytime, Doc. Anytime. You got you, man. Thank okay, you. Okay, bud. That Love is you. Hall of Famer Johnny Holiday, absolute legend. Jim Ratnett. You know what I mean? These dudes was on the ground, man. Boots. On the ground, not flossing somewhere, being fake. I've enjoyed it. I hope y'all did as well. Max, keep doing what you're doing, man. You are you're on your way to greatness. I hope and so. And I love that. I love that. Well, let's just keep playing the hits and keep doing what we do, man. How lucky are we to be doing what we're doing right here and right now, DOC? Maximilian, can you believe Maximilian got in? On that holiday, and I'm so lucky to um, to have his his cell number, and to be able to get I can call Johnny Holiday on demand, and and that's real. I cherish the relationship with him. This guy opened up with the Beatles. He's in the, the Beatles. <laughs> I mean, he's been on that level of stage. As an entertainer, he's been on the biggest platforms of it. And uh, and you know him just as sports. You know, as an announcer, Johnny Holiday is that big. And he's been on the stage that big. And yet, 
Um, he was on an AM FM radio station on a weekend, and he took the call and he did it. And he is simply one of the most talented human beings I've ever met, and he's the nicest guy. And if you were doing a high school project and you needed him for to complete your assignment, you know, he'd do it. And to me, that's the value proposition to people to meet that makes him a 10. That, to me, makes him a 10. Speaking of 10, you know, the Take Command podcast that Hoffman and the Bruin put together, and it's high-level quality, just one level under military. I mean, if it got any better, we'd have to go through the Pentagon to give you access to it. We're going to give you a chapter of Take Command at 5.30, bottom of the hour. Do not miss it. It's classified, and you can only get it right here on the Hoffman Show. DOC and Anthony Haney right here on 980. Free agency. The market value of Cameron Curl. That is part of the topics on this week's edition, of course, of uh, my boy. <laughs> i tell you what, man, I get so intrigued with Craig. When him and the Bruin, when they take you behind the curtain, man. And uh, it's kind of intriguing. I think the music, you want it more like behind the scenes, creepier. Just a little creepier. Take command. It's right before you. Let's do it. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. It's the Take Command podcast. What's up? What's happening? Craig Hoffman here. Logan Paulson there. Next week, Logan, we do this in Indianapolis. NFL Combine just a week away, which means the rumor mill will kick into high gear regarding NFL free agency. And that is where we're going to spend most of our time today. Um, And actually, the free agency lists are kind of out there. PFF did their big uh, 200-player ranking. But also, I think it's worth noting, and something that will happen over the course of the next week that we're going to touch on here is players are going to get cut um, for cap savings purposes. And so what the commanders especially can do with the league-leading amount of free agent money that they have uh, is going to be very interesting and and could be more interesting. So we'll get into all of that over the next uh, half hour or so. And then, Logan, we're going to play a game. I love it. What's the game, Craig? The game is going to be commander's coach trivia. So the commanders now have their entire coaching staff, and there's all kinds of fun connections and fun facts about the commander's coaches. And so in an effort to let... You, uh, Logan, and you, the audience, know these coaches better. I put together a little trivia. Uh, So we'll do that at the end of the show. But let's start off talking free agency. Let's let's start super high level here. Obviously, there you, you can put together a plan on paper of how you want to attack certain positions. Oh, ideally draft here, ideally free agency here. That can do everything from your own personal desires of what, how you see each position, the importance of experience at it, et cetera, to the market themselves. Is the draft deep at one position versus free agency class in another? So when you think of that super high level, and, and if you were in Adam Peters' chair putting together a plan of attack, 
how would you be attacking free agency for Washington? Well, I think the first thing I'd look at is just, you know, the, the edge market specifically. I think, you know, this is a decent edge rusher class in the draft, but I, it's not exceptional. I think there are some guys that, that really get you excited, but I think they're going to go before the commanders are picking. And there's one guy in Darrison who we talked quite a bit from Missouri who he could potentially be there at 36, but, you know, he's a really good football player. He's moved moving up boards so it seems less and less likely as the process moves on but i think edge is a, is a position that they need to do some work on and i and people say oh we've got you know andre jones we've got kj henry and i say well you know you need multiple guys there you almost need six deep at that position so you probably need to re-sign a casey Tuhill, james smith williams type of guy you probably want to draft a edge rusher if, if the opportunity presents itself but that still leaves one more person you need and i think one of these edges um you know a jadavian clowny type guy you know doesn't need to be that guy but a guy that's not going to be uber expensive is a guy that, that sticks out to me as, as, as good value you know seven eight million dollars a year uh, not breaking the bank. Obviously, you need to re-sign a corner with Kendall Fuller hitting the free agent market. Safety probably need to look at re-signing somebody um, with Cam Curl being up. So those are some things that really stick out to me. And also, I think it's interesting that there's a couple pretty high-value free agent linebackers on the market that maybe you could make a move for to kind of strengthen the middle of your defense. So I think that's kind of what I would look at. Obviously, a lot of that's on the defensive side of the football. I think you need a third wide receiver. But the thing about a third wide receiver is I don't think you need to be stressing for that because in the draft this year like as we've talked about a little bit like you could fall on your face and find a receiver that's going to contribute this year like there, there's a lot of really good slot third down third third receiver type guys they're going to be big ads to your roster you know third down running back uh, pretty much every running back in this class has caught the ball really well and has some third down abilities so i don't think you need to be going crazy there Offensive tackle, offensive guard, if you want to kind of beef up there. I think it's a very, very dense group at those positions. Um, and they've got some very talented football players that are going to be day one starters. So uh, offensively, I think you feel pretty good about maybe attacking some of these needs in the draft and, and getting good value, getting a fifth round running back, getting a third round wide receiver, getting a second round uh, offensive tackle or offensive guard, maybe a, an edge rusher if one were to fall with that other pick there. And feel excellent about what you got going on going into the season. Um, but I think defensively, that's an area where you got to say, Hey, that we got to make a push here in free agency to kind of, to, to make an impact on this roster. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you hit on a couple of, of great points, obviously in there for me, um, you know, offensively, the biggest thing is, is offensive line. True. And I would like to get one offensive lineman in free agency. I'd also like to attack that in the draft. That is, that is a yes and scenario for me. Yeah. Ideally, I think I'd like to find, I mean, I, I think we both agree our kind of ideal situation is finding a right tackle, um, yeah. taking Wiley inside the guard. Now, all of a sudden, you've got Wiley, Stromberg, Cosme, new free agent right tackle. And then you either bring back Leno or you draft one um, or both. If you don't, if you take like a Patrick Paul, who you don't think is going to be ready immediately, but think in a year could be a stud. Um, so I, I think those are the kinds of things you're looking at on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, like, like you've talked about a ton and we've talked about a ton. This wide receiver class is insane in the draft. And so whether that means you go draft a big X or draft a slot guy and bump, uh, you know, if you draft the big X, then you bump everyone over a spot, including Jahan into the slot. Uh, and, or you, you draft that guy and Terry's saves your X and Jahan saves your Z, whatever way you want to attack it, like, cool, go ahead. Um, but I think that's, that's a draft situation. Um, I, I, 
safety is super interesting. Um, I think we should circle back to edge as well, but let's let's start with safety because I am I am of the camp slightly. Not that I feel super strongly about this, but I am of the camp that I would not re-sign Cam Curl. Um, mm. And I've got a couple of reasons for that. Yeah, one, one is you drafted Quan Martin, who is, I think, a better version of the same player. Super versatile, can play all over the place. Um, and you've got other safeties in Butler and Forrest that you can pair with them. Like, how many do you need? And when it comes to allocation of resources, eventually they've got to do the thing that they failed to do in the last administration, which is draft a replacement and live with the replacement. Quan Martin is drafted in part as Cam Curl is leaving insurance. And so let him leave. You can't keep paying the same guys because then you wind up overloaded at certain positions. That said, I do trust, obviously, this group's evaluation. And I also wonder if they look at Quan as a nickel, in which case looking going back and signing Cam Curl makes a lot more sense because now you do need that safety depth because Quan is not a safety. But that is kind of where I stand. I also, though, look at the free agent list right now, and there's a couple of really good safeties that I think are better than Cam Curl. And if I'm going to spend big money, especially with a new defense coming in, I'm not like the incumbency doesn't matter as much to me. Like, obviously, Antoine Winfield is the top safety on the market. Do you want to go sign him instead? Um, there is, let's see, who else is out there? Uh, Kyler, I think, Kyle Duggar from New England is another yeah, guy. That Duggar, sticks yeah, Duggar, you know, God, imagine with the versatility that they, they use yeah. players with in this defense, what they could do with him. So, like, I, I, I would say my plan C would be re-sign Cam Curl. My plan A would just be spend the money elsewhere. Plan yeah. B would be go sign one of these other dudes. But if we wind up landing on plan C, Cam Curl's a really good football player. I'm not mad about it at all. Just I think his lack of ball production um, and the fact that Quan can do pretty much all of the same stuff leads me to saying like, hey, let's use that money on something else. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think... You know, I think it's it's interesting with Cam, and I think it really just depends on what you're going to be paying for him in this process. I think that's the thing that really sticks out because you know you're looking at some of this like over the cap information, and they do a pretty good job of predicting potential salaries and things like that. And Cam is in that 14.1 million dollars a year, and obviously Kyle Duggar and Antoine Woodfield Jr. are a little bit more expensive, but like that's kind of the market they think he's cultivated for himself. Now, maybe you feel differently if that's a 10 a year, and I think you probably would feel pretty good about that number for a guy who's a good tackler, instinctive football player, um, gives you some flexibility. I think about you talk about you know what you could be in this uh, Dan Quinn. Um, you know, defense or defensive structure uh, that'll led, be led by Joe Witt, obviously. I think there's an interesting opportunity there to kind of say, hey, like we can, he can be our curse in the system. He can be our kind of big linebacker or, or our, our safety that's playing linebacker, Buffalo nickel player. So um, does he have a role? And, if, and is that role worth the price tag that he is probably going to, you know, kind of has earned over the course of his career? So that's kind of what I would say. And again, there's a lot of good players. I think there's okay safety depth in this class too. some guys that are very unique tall kind of rangy guys so maybe you go back to the well there for a position that the nfl statistically or analytically isn't like you know we got to get elite safety play all the time you know it's more like we can get a guy and survive and obviously you have an elite safety you're okay but i think to your point is cam curl a top five player at the position is he a top 10 player at the position I couldn't tell you, I right? Would, I, I would say do... probably not considering we both have two guys we'd rather take in this free agent class. And so unless yeah. you're third in the free agent class and just so happens that three of the top five dudes of the position in the league are free agents this year, like it's a hard sell. 
Yeah, and again, I'm not being not being critical of Cam. We think he's a good football player, obviously, but you know, it's 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 about comparisons here. It's about comparisons in the market. So I, I kind of understand what you're saying there, and um, you know, I, I'm always an advocate for players getting paid and making as much money yeah, as possible. Someone should pay Cam Curl. I just right. don't know whether it's this team because of what they have in house. In that uh, position, uh, you have Percy Butler, you have Derek Forrest, and Butler to me is a backup, but Forrest is a starter, and so is Quan Martin. So right. why are you paying a third starter unless, again, you think Quan Martin is a starter at a different position? Well, I think you just look at Dallas and what they did. You know, I think and you say they're going to need a lot of safeties. It's just like how many and what kind of body types you're looking for because they had, you know, kind of two box linebacker type players. They had two post players. They had a package where there's five safety type bodies on the field. And it does in terms of the body type of the NFL, you know, that's the most flexible defensive body type, you know, in terms of what it gives you from the back end, you get guys who can take on blocks with their length, their physicality, guys that can cover tight ends can match up with slot receivers. So I could see them making a move saying we need more depth here. Sure. Um, and again, like it just, it depends on what the, what the vision is of Adam and, and Dan and, and what those conversations look like. But I agree with you. Like it's, can you upgrade this? Can you find someone that fits the vision a little bit more acutely? So those are all things to consider with Cam again. Cam, go make your money. We're excited for you. This is a great opportunity. But again, is, is this the right fit for him? Is this the right fit financially for, for what he's going to hopefully earn in free agency? I'm not sure. Right. And just to be clear, again, I said that's option C for me. But like if they make the determination that Cam curls what they want, I trust them. Yeah. Which is something that I think is a little different than the way we've, you know, maybe we've said that like, Hey, you have to trust the coaches. We've kind of thrown our hands up the last couple of years. I think with this group, with their track record of DBs, if they say Cam curls what they want, they pay him a bunch of money. I'm going to trust that they know exactly what they're doing. They understand who the player is. They understand what his strengths are. They understand what his uh, weaknesses are. They have a role. They have a role. They have a role cut out for him. Exactly. Um, Some other names to flag. Marcus May, Harrison Smith, uh, likely cuts uh, or potential cuts, I I would say. Uh, PFF has Smith marked for a pay cut. Uh, Marcus May, the the Saints safety post June one cut potentially. So that's a position that could get a little bit deeper. I mean, Jamal Adams is kind of the big fish that's going to be out there. He has right. not been good since he's in Seattle in part because he hasn't been able to stay healthy, but could, you know, Dan Quinn and, and Joe Witt Jr. see a role for Jamal Adams and be like, we know exactly what to do with that guy. You pay him some smaller yeah. amount of money uh and and all of a sudden he's in the mix there so i think that there's there's definitely some guys to watch that could be added to this list at safety as well and i also think it's important just to note that like cam curl fits that unique body type that dan quinn has called out multiple times in press conferences Witt has said similar things they like guys with long arms cam has long arms he can cover tight ends he's got i think they're 33 and a half so like tackle length arms maybe 32 like He's a big man, you know? And yeah. so I think they see that and they say, man, like he does a great job as the Buffalo Nickel. Man, he he matched up against Alan Lazard a couple of years ago, who's a true wide receiver. Like that's a good skill set. Like how do we maximize him? So I, I to, to, to kind of just bring this full circle, like in terms of saying they might value him, I think they do value that type of body type and that type of frame and that type of ability. It's just, to me, it comes back to the price tag and what's going on with that. You know, like if, if it fits financially with, the direction they want to go and you know like uh yadam peters is a smart guy the league is going kind of going away from valuing the safety position unless you're like an elite player which makes a lot of sense because it's hard to find good players at that position so maybe they say we'll we'll get younger we'll find people that we can kind of indoctrinate in our system because you know every year in the draft there's always somebody who's kind of freaky in between that can play safety at a high level so 
Yeah, for sure. And they want like super versatility. A guy like Duggar is certainly an option. So yep. there's options uh, in, in all corners. I said, Brother Anthony, what do you have to say? Thorough? Oh, that was a uh, a good chat. Yeah, I, um, the thing with um, – I'm for keeping nobody. If you don't want to be here, I'll Uber you out because I don't chase last place teams and players. You know, and so I respect everybody's game. But you don't have enough film for me to worry about you for a moment. But that's just me. It's all up to what the new group thinks. If they want to get them, cool. I think Quan, Martin, what you picked. I never understood. Second round pick that don't play. The whole thing's confusion to me. But I found that if you chase your tail, you crazy as a bat. You know, and never try to figure out why a fool did anything. To me, that is the dumbest thing you could ever do. Start fresh, move forward, and uh, and do your thing. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. Let's see what's happening. We appreciate appreciate your patience. I got to get to my boy, Three Mayo Monkey. He's a riot on X. Bonesy, thanks for being patient. But that's what canines do. They're disciplined. I can't say hey, that much Doc. for Three Mayo Monkey, but I'm going to get to him. What up? Hey, Doc, what's going on? Shout out to my main man, Anthony Haney from out of Southeast. Oh, ain't nothing, Doc, man. Just call, man. Give y'all a shout-out, man, and uh, appreciate what y'all do on the airwaves, man, you know, and give us something, man, to do, man, and listen to, man, something positive, you know. Uh, it was a great tribute to Lefty Giselle, man. You know, I watched him coach a lot of them Merlin Turpin games, man, the teams and stuff, right? And, man, uh, like you said, man, I heard when you had uh, – David Aldridge on the other yep. day, right? Yep. And I liked the idea that David Aldridge put out there in reference to the world against the United States, man. You know, yeah. That Butch was, McAdams that's, that's dropped that original thought to get credit where right. credit's due yeah. as well. But Butch, yeah. Butch McAdams, and um, you know David Aldridge, those are two classic. You know, proud of DC, all that good stuff. Yeah. But what we're doing yeah. now. If we keep applauding this, they'll keep doing it. We got to show yeah. them that we mean business. I did because right. I watched The Equalizer. Right. So if they check my yeah. TV, you ain't getting no rating. Because yeah, no rating out none of out of me. See, I'll, no, do, I'll deal Scott Van Pelt. Scott get my rating because yeah. I watch yeah. it on SportsCenter. But I'm going to show you you're not getting my vote. And I'm not really right. mad at the network. I'm saying to these brothers, if that's all the effort y'all going to put out, then I ain't giving y'all nothing. Because I know damn well yeah. I can catch y'all at a yard at a boys and girls club in the offseason and y'all playing skins and shirts balling out. Yeah, there you go. And now y'all going to give me that pathetic block. effort going down launching threes? Well, I got something for yeah. you. Give me that remote. Yeah. I'm done. Ain't no way yeah. you can't make me watch a bad product. Hell, I've done enough of that following the commanders. 
I ain't doing that. Yeah. No, yeah. hell no. We're in last place. We're in last, last place. I ain't doing that. Yeah. I'm done with that. That's out of loyalty for, for what people did it when we stunk up the joint, losing five yeah. damn games and ruining all that. No, man. I'm paying back for the fathers and they told their kids to follow us. So I could never repay that debt. We stunk in the Super Bowl. We stunk. Go. We lost a lot of people money. So when we're paying back that debt. But other than that, oh, oh no, man. I, I ain't doing that. But uh, Bonesy, appreciate you, man. I got to get to Solomon before the top of the hour. Solomon, thank you <laughs> hey, for being patient, God. man. What up? How you doing? Hey, man, I'm living a dream, man. I'm here on the Hoffman Show with Anthony Haney in person. Uh, I, I don't think anybody's got it better than I do. I, I just wanted to say, remember back in the day? Back in the day when what? Already in place. I'm, I, Every position was answered. Yeah, you know when what? When you played, Doc. Every position was in place? Every, everything was in place. Oh, yeah. Well, at the played. end, yeah, we had some we had some pretty decent moments. But it was never everything in I'm place. Saying. We had to earn it. You know, Slim, you in a bad zone, or either you've been wanted right now by the Federal Bureau of Investigations, and they got a monitor on your phone. <laughs> they, 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 they don't want you to have a conversation with nobody. Anthony, have you noticed that? I think some people, either they they credit is, is shady, something's up. Some people, they just, hey, man, like Big Tony. I know he, 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 he cannot get in a good zone. Wouldn't that be something if your credit score was like under 400 or whatever, you just don't ever get any good reception? That'd be a heck of a way of making you pay your bill mm-hmm. on time. Just take away your ability to dial up or play a video game. So we uh, go to break on that one, Brother A, and we'll do that. We're not done. Just getting started. Always live on the Odyssey app. Ace Law listening line has been really good to us in a wreck. Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 888-ACE-LAW. We'll be back as we attack. Six o'clock hour here on the Hoffman Show, D-O-C. In the air chair, we'll be right back.